Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Retrospective Library. Today, we are here reviewing An Evening with Silk Sonic, as well as three other collaborative records that we haven't reviewed in the past. And this is going to be a very, very positive review. I will just say that right up front. An Evening with Silk Sonic is easily the best album I've heard in all of 2021, which is big because I really, really loved Call Me If You Get Lost and Montero. But this album is pretty much as close to perfect as you can get. We open with the Silk Sonic intro, which is just very groovy intro, kind of sounds like a, almost a game show intro, really booming trumpet brass instrumentals, starts the album out so well, transitions super, super cleanly right into Leave the Door Open, where these are just incredible singers across piano chords and other instrumentals kind of in the same vein as the intro that works so incredibly well together. Such catchy ones, and it's the beginning of this love song, or love theme, rather, that's going to play through the whole the whole album. It's a love story. It's a tight 38-minute love story. So leave the door open right off the bat, probably one of the catchiest, one of the best tracks of the whole album, which is a lot to say. And it transitions very well into Fly As Me, which has one of the most funny, or not, kind of sick funny lines in the in the song trying to blow you up like it's the apollo incredible hook just a, a ridiculously incredible hook just as good as the one be- that came before it groovy jazzy instrumentals really great flows after last night is more of a seductive vibe more of a slow r&b track it's incredibly amazing because bruno mars and anderson pox chops on this thing are really on point i think that anderson pox in this one delivers better singing than he has in any other album, any other EP, any other mixtape, which is saying a lot because I really, really enjoyed his singing on those, on those albums. And this just proves his versatility, man. Like you hear him on a song like brother's keeper, where it's a very hard rap song. And this is just him belting his heart out, hitting some perfect pitch piano chords, Without any help from auto-tune, I mean, he's just doing amazing. Smoking Out the Window is probably my favorite song on the record. It's really amazing. Uh, it's sort of a reflection on what this relationship that the album is playing out has brought the um, main character, uh, what pain has brought him as it's been playing out, and the hook is just... Really powerful, actually. It's it's catchy if you're listening to it passively, and it's really good if you're listening to it passively. But if you really listen to these lyrics, I mean, this is a pretty interesting love story. You can see, you can like hear the fury in Anderson Pock's voice. He's like, "This girl got me paying for rent." I mean, he's he's mad, and he's very passionate. So. That's this transitions right into Put On A Smile, which features this as more of a sad song. The the narrator or not the narrator, but the main character rather is being encouraged to kind of tell his love interest how he really feels. It's a pretty amazing moment, actually. 777 is a track where I'm not sure what it does to help out the album's narrative, but I it's still fun. It's still so, so fun. Um. I think it's meant to be sort of a distraction 
from the love interest is like, hey, let's go, like, get some hookers or something. Uh, Skate is a song following this kind of distraction from the love interest that's back to being a love song, which following some more somber tracks is basically a track about getting back to this love interest. It's got a great hook. It's feel good after kind of this, a track that was fun, but just had so much denial in it that just the fun was veiled. And that's what's supposed to happen. Blast Off is, I think, a song where the album ends on a little bit of a weak note for me. But a weak note is still like one of the best songs I've heard in a long time. This is a really, really good album. I would recommend this to everybody. No matter what type of music you listen to, it'll satisfy people who like rap. It'll satisfy people who like pop. I'm sure it'll satisfy people who like country. I mean, across every genre. This is such a good album with the most versatile artists ever. I haven't listened to an album this good in so, so long. Anyway, the other albums that we are going to be reviewing today, we're going to be reviewing... Three other collaborative albums. Yes Loud with, uh, featuring the No Worries duo, which is Anderson Pock and Knowledge, the producer. We're gonna be reviewing Still I Rise with Tupac and Outlaws. And WZRD. Not Wizard, apparently. Because it's stylized. WZRD. With Kid Cuddy and producer Dot the Genius. So. Yes Loud has kind of a little bit of a choppy flow. I would say that Anderson Pock is still very versatile on this project, but it's very scattered. A lot of these tracks are one and a half minutes or two minutes long, and they a lot of them feature these spoken word um sound bites, including uh FKKU, which is barely any singing, pretty much the first half is just spoken word about burning someone's house down. I don't feel the emotion that this album is kind of trying to grab, and it feels like much more of a raw sound than was even on Anderson Pock's um, Venice. Yeah, that's the first one. That it was on Venice. Uh, yeah, I don't really have more to say on this album. It's pretty good lyrically. I feel like songs like Livin' that are soul-infused tracks that sound objectively good, but don't have too much going on lyrically, are kind of what this album is mostly made up of. And at some point, that's not really a bad thing. It makes for a good listen. But if you're trying to listen to this as conscious entertainment or as a love story like the last one, I don't know that it's going to work for the same at the same level that Silk Sonic does. Certainly not at the same level that Silk Sonic does, actually. But, yeah, this is an okay record. I would say songs that really stuck out to me were Best One and What More Can I Say, both kind of towards the beginning of the album, and both of which are kind of love ballads. Um, Lyrically, Best One is a little more impressive. So if you're going to check out just select songs, I would check out those two and maybe just put the rest of the album on shuffle, see if you land on something good. And there's a little something for everyone, I feel like, in this album. There is a lot of good things, but it's so messily structured that they don't really stick out in the way that some people would like them to. So that's that album. 
Next, we're moving on to Still I Rise, which I feel like if you were going to wrap up this album, you would have to say that it has a lot more emotional moments that are very clearly presented in a meaningful way than some Tupac albums. Like, certainly Pac's Life, definitely some of the posthumous albums, probably Until the End has some better moments on here. Until the End had Words to My Firstborn, Letter to My Unborn, but this, there's a little more here that I feel like you can really dissect and get into. Letter to the President is a really, really good intro. Basically, uh, Outlaws and Tupac wanting to write a letter to the President on, hey, our neighborhood is screwed up, our people are screwed up, and they want out of this horrible situation. What are you going to do to fix it? Kind of the route that Tupac and these other 90s rappers, and certainly modern rappers as well, have been taking, except that this is a much more direct approach instead of just everyone screaming, kill Bush, kill Trump, like, this is a much wiser approach, um, I think a much more meaningful approach when it comes down to it, just because of how different it is. That may sound surprising, but you don't hear a letter to the president a lot where it's more of, we want you to fix things and we really care about this than just straight violence, which I feel like is one of my problems with Tupac in the end. Still I Rise is something where there's not much to remember. There's a few scattered in here like that. I would say that there's a lot of tracks that have a lot of meaning packed into them that I really enjoyed. Secrets of War is very much a ride-or-die track about trusting your friends or family. It's not as memorable as some of the very memorable songs, but it's still pretty good. Baby Don't Cry slash Keep Your Head Up 2 is a very touching song about kind of lifting yourself up through adversity, probably the type of track that would be on Me Against the World. I feel like this is one of Pac's better lyrical performances, and there's good performances from everyone in Outlaws. Uh, Black Jesus is also really fun, and it's really political, and kind of basically about Black Jesus looking over the community. I felt like this was actually executed quite well, and it's a concept that other rappers have really executed poorly, even Tupac in some respects has executed this same concept poorly. Uh, the Good Die Young is also a song that I really enjoyed across that same message. It's a reminder of the weird times we live in and how innocent people are constantly being killed. I like the message in this track, and I'd say the execution is definitely more than passable. And I would also say that I think it's amazing how relevant this and some of the other tracks are for an album that was made in 1999. So that's something to really be proud of. I'm Obviously, he can't be proud right now because he's not alone, but for Outlaws to be proud of and just to kind of, something to kind of be amazing if you're listening or to be impressed with it as you're listening. That's what I would kind of say. Other than that, You Can Be Touched is a very good song, repeating some of the themes from earlier that we've just talked about Overall, this is probably up there with the best posthumous Tupac albums. I think it's better than Remember Me, Still I Rise, uh, uh, I forgot the other one's name, Better Days. It's right up there for me with Loyal to the Game, which I know a lot of people didn't like, but if you listen to that Tupac retrospective, that was definitely, I think, one of my favorites, and I think this is right up there with it. This one has a lot more emotion than Loyal to the Game. It's The execution is better. So I would listen to this. I would definitely give this a listen. WZRD is 
Kid Cudi's and Dr. Genius's take on soft rock before we got the disaster that was Speed and Bullet to Heaven. And this, more than anything, is just kind of boring. Uh, the Arrival is a track that's just an instrumental, although a fun one at that. It sounds like something that would be kind of in a hard and sci-fi movie of some sort. But that transitions right into High Off Life, which Cuddy's mixing with like a booming bass beat track is really poorly mixed. Cuddy's singing comes off as chirpy and really off pitch, especially when Cuddy is doing his highest pitched voice. Uh, it's also much longer than it needs to be. The Dream Team Time Machine has a lot of rock instrumentals that last about 30 seconds into the intro, which is going to be a problem with some of the really, really long songs on a lot of this album. This album is about 47 minutes, I think, 47, 48 minutes. And if I'm remembering right, it's it's 12 tracks. Let me count. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. It's 11 tracks. So that's about that's over four minutes per song if you're trying to average it which is really long, especially since these don't have a lot of lyrical power in them. Uh, the Dream Team Time Machine is a lot of rock instrumentals. Again, last 30 seconds into the intro, which wouldn't be bad, except the song carries a ton of weight in the first place. Cutty Singh is by far more tolerable on this record, and I would say more well-mixed, but is not enough to keep me invested. The vocal interludes on Love Hard are extremely hard to listen to. Cuddy's singing is passable, but not perfect. And this should be really two separate tracks, as the middle is completely taken up by yet another instrumental. It really seems like this album is trying to get by purely in on its instrumentals and not doing a good job of it, because so many of these instrumentals are just kind of basic rock guitar riffs, soft rock guitar riffs. Cuddy's voice in the second half of this track is... Almost unlistenable. I would say completely unlistenable. And it's not really because of his singing. It's because of how it's mixed. It's like this warbly auto-tune that's just not, doesn't sound right. Live and Learn is a track about learning from your mistakes. The hook is especially painful on this one. And Cuddy's humming and moaning over poorly mixed instrumentals is just painful. It's, it's speed and bullet to heaven reminiscent. The overly bass instrumentals absolutely do not need to be on the end of this track, but if there's one good thing to say about Live and Learn, it's that it does communicate a message better than I think some of these other tracks do. Break is one and a half minutes of the same guitar riff over and over again, and then Cuddy just singing and shouting over these same guitar riffs. It's a really boring track. I think this album does have two Really nice songs in a row with Teleport to Me Jamie and Where Did You Sleep Last Night. Teleport to Me Jamie is actually a song where Cuddy sounds really good and there isn't an outrageously long instrumental to be found. I don't think that anything profound is being said with the lyrics, but I do think it's a pretty enjoyable song. Where Did You Sleep Last Night is a tale, or not a tale, a take on an old folk song, which I think Cuddy passes really well on. Uh, I think the lyrics are more than passable, even if it is on a folk song, which is probably the second time on this record after Teleport to Me, Jamie. Unfortunately, these will be the only really decent songs we get on the record. Uh, Affect Them is mostly just kind of the same boring stuff we've been getting before. One note about this song is that there's a really awkward lyric where Cuddy clips the word short, and he's like, short! And it's really corny and tacky, especially because he does it 
four times, and this is a soft rock song where he's going slow, and it's so abrupt, and it's just... Uh, Dr. Pill is... We're back to a really long intro that contains an instrumental that's completely bass-boosted, has a really bad raw sound, and is really uninteresting. The hook is really rough on this song as well, of the growling effects on the instrumentals. And we are going to end on a semi-strong note with Upper Room, which has by far the best instrumentals on the track listing, but the experience, or the lyrics and singing ruin the experience, and just some of the worst parts are far and few between, but they are there in this song. So, that is the four tracks that we are going to be reviewing today. Hope you all liked what you heard. Next time, we are going to be reviewing the studio albums of Tavid Epps, or 2 Chains. I'm so, so, so excited. 2 Chains is an artist that I have liked for a while now. I've listened to a couple of his albums before, but there are albums like Pretty Girls, like Trap Music and Rapper Go to the League that I have been burning to listen to for forever. So, I'm going to sign off, and I'll see y'all next time for that review.